Working as the Post and Courier's Clemson reporter, I get to cover some of the top teams in the nation. One of the things that makes my job really interesting is being able to be at the facility, talking to the players, getting to learn their stories. With a subscription to the Tiger Take, you'll not only get to read everything I write on postandcourier.com, but you'll also get the latest updates straight to your inbox. But more than that, you'll get insights that you won't find anywhere else. Hi, this is Gene Sapikov, college sports editor of the Charleston Post and Courier. This is Countdown to Kickoff, our weekly discussion with Post and Courier, Clemson Beat reporter John Blau. And we've got so much to discuss here as we are right in the midst of a heck of a Clemson ACC schedule. Just played Wake Forest in unofficial ESPN instant classic. And now one of the rare top 10 matchups in ACC football over the last few decades. John, welcome to Countdown to Kickoff, and let's talk about that Wake Forest game. Um, first, about the Clemson offense and DJ Uyunglele, your thoughts on his performance, having had time to think about it, review it, and talk to some of the players and coaches about it. Um, nearly perfect. I, I mean, the, the fact that the defense faltered as much as they did, and again, this is just a very surprising storyline, I think, coming into the season, we expected the defense to be uh, the stronger unit, and uh, they were giving up pass play after pass play, and Clemson absolutely needed everything they could get from DJ Uyunglele, and he made perfect passes down the field, um, continued to lead them down the field on scoring drives, able to win a, a double overtime game and he has five touchdowns and zero interceptions I mean just in in terms of the stats alone I mean if you look at the first four games he has 10 touchdowns to one interception he had nine touchdowns to 10 interceptions last year in the entire season um, so just how much uh, he was able to lead them when they absolutely needed it everything on his shoulders uh, was poised confident well protected obviously but able to take advantage of that and I think he converted a bunch of third and longs. And, and I think 16 third down conversions was the most ever for Clemson in a football game. So uh, you can't ask for much more from DJ Uyunglele. And I think um, that's why, I mean, it's really exciting to see how he's going to do now against the defense like NC State, um, kind of taking the next step. But he's definitely turned a corner, it seems like. Welcome again to Countdown to Kickoff, our weekly talk with Post and Courier Clemson Beat reporter John Blau. If you'd like more of John's insight and fun stuff on and off the field, check out postandcourier.com slash the Tiger Take. That's postandcourier.com slash the Tiger Take. John, uh, not to be too much of a contrarian here, but just to kind of pick apart the Clemson performance on offense at Wake Forest. So far to date, Clemson has faced an FCS team, Furman, Wake Forest, number 72 in the nation in total defense. They've played Georgia Tech, which just fired its coach, and Louisiana Tech, which I believe is 114 in the nation in total defense. Is there a concern, at least with the running game, that except for Will Shipley's 53-yard run, to start the game on Clemson's very first snap up at Truist Field in Winston-Salem, I believe the rest of the day for Will Shipley went something like 14 carries for 50, no, 19 carries for 54 yards, something like that. It was less than three yards a carry. Although, wow, what, what, a, what a singular effort on that touchdown where he basically just wrestles two guys to the goal line. But anyway, any concern about the running game going forward? 
Yes. And again, going back to your point with the defenses, I think that's why even with DJ, um, it's a, uh, uh, it's interesting to see how he's actually going to perform against this NC State defense, which is much better. And then also because the running game hasn't been incredibly consistent, hasn't been something that he can easily lean on. Um, how is the offense going to function when they're, when they're playing a defense uh, of this caliber? And yeah, the running game in particular, obviously that whole right side of the line, Will Putnam now playing center. He was a guard. Walker Parks playing right guard. He was a tackle. Uh, Blake Miller is a true freshman at right tackle. Um, they seem to be getting better as an offensive line. They're at least hatting people up, but they're not always getting consistent push uh, that you would like to see uh, in the running game. Again, broke off that 53-yard run, but then Will Shipley wasn't able to find much. And I think Walker Parks even admitted that uh, Will was yelling at them at points during the game, <laughs> telling them to do their job. And he, he actually kind of liked it. I mean, Walker Parks said, uh, I think Will asked him about it. He said, you know, I have to kind of, uh, use my words the right way at times, you know, but that's just my intensity as a football player. But yeah, it's not a, it's not been as consistent or as as a, as a reliable of a thing as you would like it to be. Especially again to take pressure off a of DJ Uyunglele, so he doesn't have to uh, manufacture everything with his arm. Um, but that is a concern. I mean, you're going to have to be able to sustain drives against a really good NC State team. You're not going to be able to pick up third and longs over and over again throughout the course of the season. You can't rely on that. And so, yeah, now it's going to be something to watch coming into this game, whether uh, they can continue to, A, hat up defenders, but then also blow open some holes uh, for Will Shipley, Kobe Pace, Phil Maffa uh, to find running lanes. Countdown to kickoff, postoncourier.com with John Blau, the Post and Courier's tremendous Clemson beat reporter. And continuing with that theme, yeah, NC State's linebackers, Peyton uh, Wilson and Drake Thomas in particular, I think they're two of the best in the SEC. I mean, in the ACC, I should say, especially um, if you take out Clemson's Jeremiah Trotter, Trenton Simpson and company, who I think really might be the best. But who would have the advantage in a soggy, wet field or on a rainy night, do you think, Clemson or the NC State Wolfpack, John? Yeah, again, that's an interesting question. Coming back to what we were talking about with the running game, um, NC State has a pretty experienced offensive line coming back. I mean, I think obviously um, Icky, um, Iguanu, the, the guy who was uh, drafted top five uh, to the NFL last year, um, he, he's obviously a very good player, but they bring everyone else back. Um, they should be able to make some plays on the ground. You, you would think that would be uh, to their advantage to a degree. Um, but again, I mean, Clemson, you do have a three-headed backfield of Will Shipley, Kobe Pace, and Phil Moffa that everybody's really excited about. And if they can um, open up some holes here or there, uh, you would think they'd be able to make some plays. But I mean, in terms of what we've seen thus far, yeah. I mean, if you talk about, again, the defenses that Clemson has faced and the, the amount of running, running yards they've gotten and how inconsistent it has been, uh, I would have to lean towards NC State to a degree uh, if it's really rainy and wet, um, that they that they can really um, control the ball, run the ball, and have some success there and get some pop plays with a guy like Dennis Leary uh, um, at quarterback. So um, Devin Leary, I said Dennis for is, is Dennis a comedian? I think I think I was yeah, thinking, yeah. and he's yeah. been in, been an actor also uh, probably most. <laughs> Outstanding appearance in The Sandlot, the, the classic baseball movie. 
Exactly. But yeah, no, Devin Larry being able to make some plays, but uh, yeah, no, it's going to be an interesting element to see how the rain plays in. And then uh, if Clemson can win a battle like that on a wet, wet field. Okay, John, Blau, let's talk about the other side of the football for the Tigers. I mean, obviously a tough time with what five pass interference penalties and getting bombarded by Sam Hartman for an entire afternoon in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. But what about the injuries? What uh, kind of uh, guys do we expect to come back for this game or not? Uh, yeah, um, obviously, Xavier Thomas has not played yet, the defensive end. Um, Trey Williams, the defensive tackle, is supposed to be back. In terms of the secondary, obviously, we're missing Sheridan Jones, Andrew Makuba, and Malcolm Green. Um, Dabo Sweeney, I don't know if he truly doesn't know or if he just doesn't want NC State to know, but he's telling us that he's hopeful in all three of those guys, but he doesn't know yet whether they'll be back. But So, yeah, that will be... That will be a very important factor in this game. I mean, whether they have, again, those experienced, talented players, uh, obviously experienced Sheridan Jones as a senior and Andrew Makuba, who was the uh, freshman of the year defensively in the ACC last year. So, um, yeah, that's going to play a role. But then again, what kind of game is it going to be? Our team's going to be airing it out. Um, I guess, like we were talking about with, with the uh, ground game, maybe it's a little bit to NC State's advantage to you know have a game like that offensively but at the same time maybe Clemson is blessed a little bit that they don't have to worry about their secondary getting torched overly much if it's a uh, uh, gusting out there and it's a you know a drenched field so um, yeah either way it's going to be interesting I know Nate Wiggins the sophomore corner had the uh, game-winning pass breakup was telling us that you know teams can try to come at him but he's never having a, another game like that sounded very confident and his ability to not play that way. Uh, obviously, Clemson's coaches saying that the secondary just has to kind of let that game live in the past and, and move on, and hopefully they learn from it. Um, but, yeah, this will be a test to see if they do, or, again, maybe it'll just be a very different football game, and neither team's going to be passing it very much. So it'll be interesting to see. You are watching Countdown to Kickoff, the Post and Couriers.com, Post and Couriers weekly look at Clemson football. If you want, I was getting a little ahead of myself. If you want to have more insight into the Tigers, check out John Blau's newsletter at postandcourier.com slash the Tiger Take. John, it was interesting. It was really great for Clemson's defense and the secondary and the backup guys and everybody to get a PBU to end the game. However, Sam Hartman might have been better off had uh, he backed up about 30 yards and been able to really throw it instead of had to deal with a, a condensed field there. Um, overall, is there going to be any carryover into the blemishes that you saw on that Clemson defense, which is something Clemson fans just haven't seen in pre-college football playoff era Clemson defense? Yeah, I mean, again, coming back to the secondary, uh, that's, uh, that's a young group. He obviously had to play a lot of Toriano Pride and Jane Lucas, two true freshmen. Um, Fred Davis had some struggles. I mean, he's a junior, but he hasn't played a ton of football. I mean, that remains a concern just because of the youth in that secondary. And, um, and that just the inconsistency in, in pass rush from Clemson to this point. I mean, obviously, that's a very hyped defensive line, had a lot of talent coming back. Obviously, Xavier Thomas hasn't played yet, but the amount of pass rush that that front group has gotten hasn't been 
uh, overwhelming for for other teams. Obviously, you know, Wes Goodwin will bring up the fact that teams are getting the ball out in 1.82 seconds, uh, which is not an amount of time that usually, uh, you know, defensive players, defensive linemen can get back to the quarterback and get some rush. But yeah, you, you're still concerned about that, whether um, the pass rush is going to get to a level where it can really affect quarterbacks uh, to a large degree. So there are some things that you worry about moving forward. Um, but again, I mean, you escaped at Wake Forest. You obviously learned some lessons, saw some things uh, that uh, some things were exposed, I guess you would say. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see whether they can fix them. I mean, uh, Dabo expressed some confidence in Mike Reed. He said, you know, that's the same coach who's coached a lot of these cornerbacks who were national championship games and went on to the NFL. Uh, he has faith in his ability to kind of coach these guys up, but it is definitely something that uh, is a concern moving forward and you'll have to see some better things to feel a little better about it. John, one thing that not a lot of people were talking about, but that was just a glaring weakness in Winston-Salem is Clemson's punting game, just not very good. They do not rank in net punting in the top 100 nationally right now. Is that going to be a lingering problem or is it something that can be fixed? Um, I guess I don't know. I mean, Aiden Swanson obviously is an, an experienced punter. I mean, he's a registered junior, but well, he was behind Will Spires for all these years. And uh, we were even talking about in fall camp in terms of had a bad day to start camp, uh, played a little bit better throughout camp and, and nailed down that job. It was almost going to be BT Potter doing both kicking and punting. And so uh, whether Aiden Swanson, that's just one bad game and then he kind of shakes it off and is able to kind of recover and, and uh, make that work, uh, don't know. Or at some point, maybe the backup option is going to a guy like BT Potter and letting him do both. But it's, it's right now, uh, I guess, a mild concern, I would say. I would say, uh, not say overly concerned. I mean, it is, uh, it is uh, an important phase of the game. You obviously have to punt. Field position is important. Uh, you need to be able to back opponents up and not give them great field position. But um, right now, I would consider that a, a one-off bad game, and we'll see if Aiden Swanson kind of recovers from it or if B.T. Potter becomes the guy. All right, I'm going to cue the drum roll now as we uh, wrap up countdown to kickoff NC State edition and ask the esteemed John Blau for a score prediction for this top 10 ACC matchup, the NC State Wolfpack, number 10 at number five Clemson on Saturday night in Death Valley, John. All right, I'm going to make this up literally on the spot because I haven't thought about it. Um, let's say 20 to 17 Clemson. Um, considering there'll be some rain, considering it will be a, kind of a sloppy, maybe defensive struggle. Uh, I'm going to go 20 to 17. How about that? That sounds pretty good. Pretty safe uh, and a lot of muddy uniforms, probably. Well, thanks a lot, John. And for John Blau, I am Gene Sapikov, college sports editor of the Charleston Post and Courier. Welcome again. And thank you for watching Countdown to Kickoff. And if you'd like to check out more of John Blau's insights from on and off the field up at Clemson, go to postandcourier.com slash the Tiger Take. And we'll see you next week.